I think telehealth is very important because it really helps us maintain uh, communication and contact with our patient outside of office hours and also during office hours. Just gives patients that sense that they have access to us all the time. Welcome back to The Break Room. I'm your host, Alexis Murray, and thank you for joining us for episode 10. In a 2017 MIT Technology Review article, David Byrne writes about technology's impact on human interaction, saying human interaction is often perceived from an engineer's mindset as complicated, inefficient, noisy, and slow. Part of making something frictionless is getting the human part out of the way. Oftentimes, technology is perceived as the cause for breakdown of human communication, with healthcare as no exception. But one popular form of healthcare technology, telehealth, is aiming to prove the exact opposite. Using technology to connect doctors and patients, providers are hoping to use telehealth to provide a new form of accessibility. Today, we'll explore why telehealth has become such a hot topic, and is it actually improving the relationship between providers and patients? We start this conversation with Dr. Vaishali Gaib, an internist in Virginia, and a Privia colleague of mine, Alexa Flowers. Alexa is a member of Privia's marketing team, leading PR and communications to bolster brand reputation, and she is a graduate from Hofstra University. Dr. Gaib is an internist at Internal Medicine Consultants in Winchester, Virginia. She went to the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Medicine in Kansas City, Missouri, and completed her postdoctoral residency training at George Washington University Hospital in Washington, D.C. Thank you for joining today, Dr. Geib. As a physician, why is telehealth so important? I think telehealth is very important because it really helps us maintain uh, communication and contact with our patient outside of office hours and also during office hours. I guess what I'm trying to say is it just gives patients that sense that they have access to us all the time. So private payers also have shown a lot of interest in telehealth, with many offering this service to their customers. How do you think telehealth services differ when they are payer-led versus provider-led? I think the big difference between uh, telehealth platforms that are offered by insurance companies are the fact that the physicians are physicians of the insurance company. And at the end of the day, patients want to see their own doctor. They don't want to see a doctor from an insurance company. There's trust in their own doctor. And what a telehealth platform allows is for that physician to be able to see their patient when it's not during office hours, regular office hours. So for example, if a patient's in a bind on a weekend, which is not you know, necessarily uncommon, those patients have the option to get on a telehealth platform and contact with their doctor. If they were given a choice, I bet 99 times out of 100, they would much rather choose to speak with their own doctor than a doctor from their insurance company. So finally, how has this technology changed the way that you practice medicine? Telehealth has not necessarily changed the way I practice medicine, but I think it's changed the way that patients view my practice. And what I mean by that is often patients will choose to go to an urgent care when they have a minor problem like poison ivy or strep throat. They sometimes don't even come to me. They'll go to the local urgent care because they think that they can't get in uh, to my office. And now what I'm finding is that patients are reaching out to my practice to ask if they can do a telehealth visit with me and I can see them. And so I feel like it's really uh, increased access uh, that the patients have to me and my practice. And overall, my patients are thrilled about it. 
I think the other thing I'm getting feedback on is that uh, my staff is telling me that patients really feel that our practice is cutting edge and we're, we're you know, for lack of a better word, cool, because we've got the latest and greatest technology. And so that definitely makes me feel good about offering telehealth in our practice. So now we're going to redirect our focus to two members of the Privia team who have been working closely with providers using telehealth, James Lewis and Graham Galka. James Lewis is a senior analyst on Privia's new product development team and is working closely on the development of Privia's own virtual visit platform. Previously, James worked as a consultant in a range of industries, including healthcare, finance and technology, and he's alumnus of Washington and Lee University. Graham Galka is the vice president of new product development, serving as the internal strategy consultant and entrepreneur with Privia. He is a graduate of George Washington University. Let's over to James and Graham. Thanks for joining today, Graham. Uh, I think we'll start off pretty simple with the basics. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about just what is telehealth? Sure. Uh, so telehealth is somewhat of a loaded, nebulous term. It can mean a lot of different things depending on how it's applied and in what um, format. For purposes of today, let's assume telehealth means the use of technology to remotely connect a doctor and patient uh, for purposes of delivering patient care. Uh, let's call this virtual visits. That's great, that's helpful. So thinking about virtual visits, what's the value to physicians? If I'm looking at this as a physician, why would I be interested uh, in offering virtual visits? Yeah, I think there's a, a number of ways that this creates value to physicians. Uh, first is all around uh, experience, right? Essentially creating an enhanced doctor-patient relationship through a more convenient and accessible model of care delivery. Uh, second would be around efficiency. I think over time, uh, as virtual visits become more incorporated into the day-to-day -day of the practice, we should be able to create efficiencies both in terms of time savings and uh, cost savings overhead. Yeah, let's, let's dig into those a little bit more. So when you talk about uh, the overall experience, there's the provider side, but there's also the patient side. How have patients responded to virtual visits? What's, what's in it for them? Yeah, I think um, there's a number of surveys out there that say something like 76% of consumers are ready for virtual visits. In our experience within Privia Meta Group, we're finding that you know uh, patients are jumping at the chance for this, and we're seeing uh, the types of outcomes through patient satisfaction for surveys that we'd expect to see. I think the, the value proposition for a patient is the fact that patients spend 99% of their lives outside the four walls of the office. And it's not always practical or convenient to drive to a doctor's office. So with virtual visits, we're able to now meet the patient where they are, where they work, or where they live. I think that's a great point, and that resonates with me. And people's lives are busy, and we're looking for convenience. Backing up a little bit from the physician and the patient experience, if we look at this from a, a population health perspective, the total cost of care, what value are health systems seeing in, in using virtual visit technology? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, there's a number of uses for this from a population health standpoint. Everything from behavioral health uh, to, to create more access to behavioral health providers, which uh, most markets tend to have a shortage of, to things like e-consults, where bringing a specialist in to the primary care office for a curbside consult. Um, but I think probably the more uh, kind of um, immediate way to kind of leverage the technology is really thinking about it as a toolkit for managing your highest risk and homebound patients who aren't able to come into the office, but quite frankly need uh, uh, more interactions, more, a higher level of care than the patients who are typically able to come into the office. 
Yeah, that's an interesting point and something we certainly see come through some of the survey data. Another question that comes to mind for me, and I follow a lot of the news with telehealth and virtual visits, you see a lot out there today and a lot of momentum in the industry. Despite that, adoption is pretty low overall. Utilization of this has, hasn't grown as quickly as maybe some in the industry would expect over time. Speak to that a little bit. What are the barriers yeah. to adoption of a virtual visit platform? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, telehealth has been somewhat of a buzzword over the last number of years, but you're right, adoption has been uh, uh, relatively slow. Um, I would boil it down to kind of two main issues. I think one is um, lack of a sustainable revenue model for most physicians. Up until recently, there's been little to no fee-for-service revenue opportunity for delivering care remotely. Good news is that over the past 18 months or so, that has shifted significantly, both uh, through um, changes within payer policies, as well as at the state level, uh, and certain state laws helping mandate partial or, or full coverage for virtual visits. The, the second barrier to adoption, uh, quite frankly, is the technology. Right? Most of the technology out there is disaggregated from the doctor's existing workflow and workflow tools, i.e. the EMR. And from our experience, if the virtual visit technology is not seamlessly embedded in workflow, then there's going to be immediate drop-off in adoption. Let's drill into that technology piece a little bit. A quick Google search of telehealth will find a million vendors offering uh, this type of technology. If I'm a provider out there and I want to adopt telehealth, I want to adopt virtual visits, but I'm curious of where to start, what are the things that I should be looking for? Technology is certainly one of them, but I'd argue it's actually uh, probably the easiest one to solve for. Um, so of the four things I would keep in mind would be you know, choice of technology and really looking for technology that fits within my personal workflows uh, and is easy to use. Uh, but, you know, as or more important is making sure there's a sustainable revenue model. There's a way to get paid for doing this work, either through fee-for-service or capitation or some other type of model. Um, third is um, thinking about the impact of virtual visits, not just within kind of technology, but within the practice workflows all, all together, right? How does this impact your MA? How does this impact your nurse? How does this impact your front desk? And how do you get all of those teams and processes and workflows in sync to make this highly efficient to deliver. Uh, and then finally, um, uh, patient education and awareness, right? This in many ways is going to be a new way for patients to interact with their physician. And in a lot of ways, we have to essentially untrain 20 plus years of, of behavior, you know, the expectation of having to drive to your doctor's office. And so um, really be kind of thoughtful and forward thinking about how you're going to educate, how you're going to drive awareness among your patient population. I think that's a great point. And something that surprised me is starting to learn more about this industry is most patients have access to telehealth uh, through their employers and through their insurance, but not a lot of them know that. And it's, it's definitely a challenge. Um, so I think this leads really well into talking a little bit about Privia's approach. So how, how is Privia approaching this challenge and what are we doing differently to solve this? Telehealth does uh, exist. It is available for many patients. The challenge with most telehealth models today that are uh, available is that they're not available through that patient's own personal trusted doctor, but rather a, um, another doctor who may or may not know who that patient is, may or may not have ways to coordinate care back to the primary care doctor. So our approach has been all around how do we build um, a telehealth program, a virtual visit program 
that fits within the context of the doctor-patient relationship. Um, and really thinking about the technology, the workflows, and the resources uh, from the ground up uh, with the lens of what would we need to build to make this work uh, in a best practice way for Privia Medical Group providers. So we've actually taken the approach of building this in collaboration with actual practicing Privia Medical Group providers who are able to provide us ongoing feedback around the features, functionality, and experience that we can incorporate into our product development. So that at the end of the day, what we have is a platform and a virtual visit program that is built by Privia Medical Group physicians for Privia Medical Group physicians. So thank you so much for listening to episode 10. We want to say thank you to Alexa, Dr. Guybe, James, and Graham for speaking with us today on telehealth. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can subscribe to future episodes or check out past episodes at go.priviahealth.com slash the break room. You can also find the break room on iTunes. So please subscribe, rate this episode and leave a review. If you have any questions or want to learn more about how we're putting independent physicians back in the driver's seat of healthcare, please contact the Privia team at 888-996-0232. 